So today we're talking about the cadence of community, being together in the body of Christ. <laughs> so we see rhythm, we see cadence all throughout everywhere we go. How we speak, we just listen to a bunch of music, right? People singing, there's rhythm, there's cadence to all of it. And God has put that in place. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, back in Genesis. There was a rhythm that God put into play for a design for our lives. And if we walk that out, we will be blessed. If we get outside of that, then there's chaos and turmoil and all kinds of things that aren't good for us. So today, as we get into scripture, I want us to just... Um, Close our eyes for a minute. I want us to pray as we get into God's word. Father, we thank you uh, just for your presence here today. God, thank you that you are in us, Lord, and you've come and you've spoke to us already today. God, thank you for speaking to us in, in worship. Thank you that your presence uh, brings joy and brings strength. God, we pray as we open up your word today, God, that you would illuminate truth. God, that you would speak to our hearts. God, open our ears, open our eyes to what you're speaking to us today, not only personally, but collectively as a community. God, we want to continue to grow. We want to continue to expand. And God, we know we need your help to do that. So God, we thank you and we praise you in your precious name. Amen. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're talking about cadence, right? It's everywhere. <laughs> And one of the most important places that we're going to find it is in our relationships with others. Today, we're going to take a deep look at how our individual lives find strength and encouragement in fellowship with others. Or we can say it another way, we're going to talk about the cadence of community. Now, whether or not you believe it or agree with it, we are made for community. We're made for each other. We're not made to be all by ourselves, existing on our own. That's the lie of the enemy. God created us to be in a family. He created Adam and Eve, and he said to them, go multiply, right? Create a family. God instituted the church, which is a family, has many bodies, many members, purposes. We are to be together, not on our own. But in life, there are both healthy and unhealthy rhythms, right? There's healthy and unhealthy relationships. Right now, you probably can list in your mind some relationships that there's probably turmoil. Maybe there's brokenness. Maybe there's anger. Maybe you haven't talked to a family member in a really long time because there's unforgiveness. There's brokenness in our relationships. And I'll tell you, that's not God's plan for our lives. God wants us to be in relationship, in reconciliation with each other. Thankfully, the Bible gives us lots of clear instruction. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? Aren't you thankful that when we don't know the answers to our problems or to what we're facing, we can go to the truth, we can go to the foundation, and God has literally given us all that we need. I am so thankful for that. God didn't just leave us here on earth and say, well, good luck, figure it out. No, he gave us his literal, live, the living word of God. I hope that you're reading it daily. I hope that you are making sure that you know the answers by spending time with scripture, by getting to know the author of the one who has written it. Amen? <coughs> so let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been to a play or a musical? Just raise your hand. Okay. Look around the room. All right. So most of us, right? 
So how many have seen the Nutcracker? Anybody? Okay, few of us. Awesome. So when you think of the Nutcracker specifically, right, it's beautifully choreographed, would you say? This dance, right, between the actors and the dancers, right? Just gorgeous. At times, it's sweeping in its scope of musicality and movement, and other times, it's intimately precise, right? That's exactly how the cadence of our relationship works in our lives. Sweeping and robust at times, intimate and precise at other times. It's a dance that we all must learn in life, the rhythm of relationship. And it is like a dance. We must learn to engage with each other that way. Now, let me ask you another question. How many of you have ever taken dance lessons? Anybody? Any kind? And some? Some? Okay. So Chuck and I, before we got married, we, we knew that we, we were, we were going to have a dance together, you know, when we got married, and we're like, we don't dance, you know, it's not, we're not good at it. And so he did a really great thing and got us some lessons, right? That's what you do when you don't know, right? You learn. So we signed ourselves up to do some ballroom dance classes. <sighs> We tried. I'm just going to say that. We, we did the lessons, and the instructor was gracious and, you know, tried to teach us how to be in step and how to have the rhythm. Now, you agree. Some people got it and some people don't, right? Okay. We, we, didn't, we didn't have it. So even at our wedding, we attempted very shortly to, to do it. Yeah. Um, but again, it's important, right, that when you're in a dance, right, together, that you're in sync with one another. Otherwise, it just is a mess. Would you agree? Yes. <laughs> so it's important when we're looking at this community, when we're looking at relationships, that we realize we've got to be in step with God's plan, first of all, but then in step with each other. So going back to the, the nutcracker, would you agree that every cue, every toe lift, every note that the orchestra plays, it's got to be all in sync? There's got to be a whole plan together, right? Well, guess what? God has that for us. It's almost like, I'm sure when he looks down at everything he's created, it's probably like a beautiful orchestra. He sees all the people and all the parts. And if we're doing our part in our section correctly, it will work. But if we're out of our section, if we're out of doing what God has called us, it messes it all up. Just like here at worship, right? If Keisha would have just decided today, you know what, I'm not going to sing. I'm going to go, I'm going to take Ariam's guitar and I'm going to do guitar today. Well, I don't even know if she knows how to play guitar, right? But do you see my point? Like, we have to stay in step with God's rhythm for us in our relationships. In Romans 8.28, it says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God has a plan, he has a purpose, and he will work things out for us. So a couple of things we're going to talk about today, fellowship and community. Fellowship is a gift. Community is a gift. Say that with me. Fellowship is a gift. Is a gift. Community is a gift. Is a gift. Rhythm and cadence are gifts that God has woven into our lives. We've got to see these things as gifts from God that he has established for us. Let's talk a little bit about fellowship, all right? That's a, that's a word maybe not everybody's super familiar with. If you haven't grown up in the AG or the church, you maybe don't know. You're like, what does fellowship mean? Well, it's friendly association, especially with people who share the same interest. 
all right? We're called as a body of church to fellowship together, to come together, share interests, share our lives with one another. So let's, look, let's turn to Acts 2, all right? And we're going to look at verses 42 through 47. Now, pretext before this, the Holy Spirit had came and fallen, and the day of Pentecost, everybody was like full of the Holy Spirit. The church was birthed, and people were coming to know Christ like crazy, all right? And so later on in, in chapter 2, we, that's where we're, we're at, verse 42, it says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship uh, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals together with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being <laughs> saved. All right, there is so much in those few scriptures. And when I read it, here are some things that stand out to me, and I'm sure they stood out to you. They, were de they devoted themselves to teaching and to fellowship. They shared meals together. How simple is that, right? That's so easy. Invite someone over to your house. Invite somebody to meet you out to dinner. They met together in one place. Talk about the importance of us gathering as a community of faith. Being together, it is important. The last few years, we've lost the sense of the importance of gathering. We now have the ability to, to, to meet online, which we're thankful for, but it doesn't supersede the need for us to gather together, to be together in community, in fellowship with one another. I am thankful during COVID for our internet, and I'm thankful for our online, for people right now. We've got Larry, if you're watching, we love you. We prayed for you. Christina, if you're watching, we prayed for you. They've had surgery. They're, you know, they can't be here, so I'm thankful for that. But nothing can take the place of being next to somebody, being able to just turn and pray for someone or ask for prayer. That doesn't, it can't replace that. Scripture says they shared everything they had. Nobody was in need. Can you imagine our community? Just even here at Rockside Church, can you imagine if there were no needs because we all just shared with one another what we have because we were all so interconnected in the lives of each other that we knew, oh man, this person needs this and we're helping figure out the solutions, figure out the connections. That was the New Testament church. And let me tell you, that's who God has called us to be in Rockside. That is who we will continue to be. We just celebrated 20 years last week, right? Amazing what God has done, what God is doing. But I will tell you, we are not done. We're not going to rest on how amazing all the miracles have been throughout all those years. God is not finished. Because there's a world outside of this building right here that need hope. They're broken. They need love. They need community. There are some of you in here. You need that as well. 
So that is why it's important that we are together. It says that they did it with great joy and generosity. We pray that over our church. When we pray together as a staff and board, we pray that this would be a generous church. Not just with finances, but with time and talent and love and grace. We would just be generous givers of whatever it is, whatever we have. Amen? And then at the end of the scripture, it says, then they added to their number because of that. Church, I want to see us grow as a church, not so that we can say, oh, wow, we filled the church, but because there are people that we still need to reach, because there are people who still need to be in this body and in this community. Amen? Amen. Am I talking to myself today? Okay, I'm just making sure. So here are five signs of a healthy community, all right? Number one, they had devotion. They were devoted, committed, no matter what. They were devoted to God and to his people and to his church. Number two, prayer. We are a community of prayer. We want to continue to grow in that. But that's a sign of a healthy community, when you are praying together, praying by yourself, when prayer is an essence of who we are, that is a sign of a healthy thing. Because I will tell you, without prayer, nothing else matters. Everything we do comes out of prayer. Third healthy sign of community is generosity. When you know something's healthy, it gives. We are blessed to give. Number four, worship and praise. You want to see a healthy community? Well, they're going to worship and they're going to praise the Lord. They're going to worship with their life, how they live it every single day. That's worship. It's not just up here for 20 minutes on a Sunday. Worship is literally how we live our everyday life to the Lord. Romans 12 talks about being a living sacrifice which means we need to get up on that altar every day and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Signs of a healthy community. Number five, salvation and new life and discipleship. Guys, we want to continue to see the circular motion of people finding Jesus, people being discipled, and then us continuing to be a culture that is creating more disciples and followers of Jesus. That's what we're called to do. That's what you're called to do. Go and make disciples. That means in your neighborhood. That means at your job. That means in your family, whatever that looks like. It's not just the job of the pastor and the pastors. It's the job of all of us. The great commission is for us to go and make disciples. Amen? So here's a few ways that we as a church, we as Rockside Church are living out Acts 2, all right? I just want to give you a few. Some of you may already know this. Some of you are newer here, but here's how we're actually living this out, and here's ways you can be involved. We have bi-weekly prayer on Saturdays at 10 a.m. We come, we gather in here, and we pray all kinds of things for the city, for our families, pray against what the enemy's doing. We pray all kinds of things. It's phenomenal. We have pre-service prayer before church on Sundays. Every week, the opportunity to pray together corporately. We have different times throughout the year where we have citywide prayer. Well, we as a church will lead that for our city. We have different groups, ways to get involved, ways to belong, youth group, kids, men, women, young adult, life groups, 
lots of different ways to get connected in, to meet together. See that? We're living out Acts 2. Corporate communion. We have times where we come together and we remember the Lord in communion. That's a sacred ordinance of the church, and we do that together. We worship on Sundays. We have encounter prayer and worship different opportunities to come together and worship and praise the Lord for who he is. Isn't that awesome? We have outreaches to the community and to the inner city. We focus on missions, local and global. We focus on discipleship, helping new believers move forward in their relationship with Jesus and helping believers who've known him for a long time realize they're not done yet. There's still purpose to their lives. Those are just a few. Those are a few ways that we as a community are living out Acts 2, and that's amazing. But there's so much more, you guys. There's so much more that we can be doing, interfacing with each other's lives during the week. Amen? There's power when we come together. We're not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be by ourselves. I want to just give you a little update. So, you know, our daughter Anna has been uh, caring for this kitten. Her name's Raylan, and it's, she's now adopted it. It's hers, and she's, it's living in our basement. And, you know, I was, thinking about, I was thinking about the power of community and why it's so important. And I was thinking about this kitten. And, you know, if it wouldn't have been found, it was three or four weeks old when it was found and brought into their school where she works, if this kitten wouldn't have been found, it would have died. There's no doubt. But it was found. Somebody found it. And somebody took it upon themselves to then bring it into the school where they know that they take in animals like this. And this kitten then was connected, right? God ordained to our daughter, Anna, who has a heart to rescue animals, who has a heart to be able to step in when there's a need. And so all of a sudden, this kitten who literally had no hope and still, even then, we were, you know, praying because her body was broken, she was so little, and, and it looked like she may even need to be euthanized. I mean, that was the seriousness of the fact. How amazing God is. I mean, think about how much he loves you. I mean, he's, he's went above and beyond for this little kitten to, to get it rescued and to find a place and community. And I will tell you, beyond the power of prayer, which we know. I mean, I posted the picture of the x-rays of the kitten, and you see the broken ribs and the broken back, and you just go, how in the world is she even walking? How is she not just crying in pain all the time? I'll tell you, because God's healing her. <laughs> amazing, it's amazing. But she's been brought into community. She's been brought into a family. She's been brought into a place that cares for her, loves her, walks with her, even though she was a broke mess with real no, almost real no hope. What a beautiful example of what God has done for us, but then what he wants us to do with others. The church is a hospital for the sick and a place for, to recover ourselves sometimes, right? But we have to have that heart of God that goes after the one that leaves the 99 that will go and rescue. We need each other. We need to be in community with another, with each other. You know, the Acts 2 church talked about how, you know, they met daily. 
Now, I know when scripture, when you read that, you're probably going, how in the world are we as a church supposed to meet daily? Well, that's not what that's meaning in our world. What that meaning is meaning is we need to be connecting in with each other during the weeks, not just Sunday to Sunday, but during the week. How can we be in community? How can we be connecting in with each other, right? Let me give you a few, just a few ideas, a few simple things that we can be doing better to in between Sundays and Sundays, connecting into the life of each other. Here's one. Call somebody up and meet them for coffee at Panera for an hour. That's not a big deal. Maybe meet somebody from the other side of the church that you don't know because you don't cross over. Hey, let's meet up. I don't know your story. Let's meet at Panera and have some coffee, right? Or just a phone call. We've lost the art of like conversation. Just a phone call. Hey, how are you doing? Anything I can pray for you about? Or send a text with a scripture verse. Thinking of you today. Wanted to bless you. Exercising together. Doing something fun. Maybe you like to hike or walk or you like pickleball. Find something that you like and bring somebody else into that. Start to build community. Maybe it's a Bible study. You want to get together with two or three people and do it on Zoom or meet together, and you just want to talk about Jesus. It doesn't have to be an organized thing that we do here at the church. It's just community, living together, relationship, right? Meeting for lunch or dinner. Connecting back in. There's strength and encouragement when we are in community, and there's a rhythm to that. The reason why it's so important is because when we're together, where two or three are gathered in Christ, Jesus is there. His presence is there. How amazing. Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or three gather together in my name, there I am with you. There's power when we're together. And the enemy knows that. So fellowship is important. So is communion. All right? Communion, defined in in dictionary, says the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially on a spiritual level. When reading the Acts 2 passage, you'll notice that the early church was was in the rhythm of eating meals together. They regularly ate together, but they also shared communion together, remembering the Lord, sharing and breaking of bread. That was an important part of their relationship was communion. Communion is where we commit to remembering him whenever, whenever we gather together and break bread. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26. If you want to turn there in your scripture, we're going to read it together. I know it's familiar to some of you. Uh, it's used a lot during regular communion, which we're going to do at the end of the service today. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 says, In the night when he was betrayed... The Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke the pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen? Communion is about remembering Jesus. So fellowship is important. Communion is important. It's about remembering his life. 
remembering his sacrifice on the cross, his body that was broken for you and I to pay the sins that we should have been paying. But Jesus came and paid them for us. It's remembering his blood, his death, his resurrection, and his promise to return for his church. Amen? That's what we're waiting for, right? Jesus to come again and and take up his church. Communion is our opportunity to remember together, to come together and remember Jesus. But here's the thing. As great as that is, there's a real enemy of our soul named Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him. John 10.10 says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. See, and the enemy of your soul wants to try to distract, wants to try to keep you away from community and fellowship. I want you to think right now in your life, where in your life can you see where there might be distractions or interruptions or things that are trying to keep you out of fellowship and communion with other believers in Christ? You don't need to say it out loud, but just think in your mind. Is it your job? Is it your weekly activities? Or is it other things? Is it brokenness in relationships? What is keeping you from really committing in to the depth of relationship. We all need to take a look at that because it goes back to the enemy wants to keep us busy and distracted on things that keep us not connected to Christ. The enemy knows that if we come together and we gather, we're powerful. He likes to keep us isolated in our own pain and in our own problems, no hope. And if he can keep us not connecting in with each other, Well, some of us are each other's miracle. Some of us, the story of what God has done in your life, someone else needs to hear. And if the enemy can keep us from not connecting with each other, well, guess what? We'll never have that gift, that opportunity to grow. Amen? So fellowship and communion are so important to our lives and to where we are as a body of Christ. And I want us to commit as we move into this 21st year of Rockside Church, I want us to commit to allowing ourselves to expand in those areas, to grow in those areas, to look for those opportunities to invite people in to your life. It might be messy. Your your life might be messy. You might be going through things, and you're like, but I don't want anybody to know. Listen, we're called to walk together in this life. We're not called to have it all together I certainly don't. Our family certainly doesn't. We understand we need the grace of God. We need Jesus every single day. We're desperate for him. There's prayers that need answered. There are people that need Jesus, and we cannot do it on our own. And church, we can't, we can't reach this community without you. It takes all of us doing our part. Amen? We're called to be in community with each other. So Jordan, if you'll come on up wherever you are, whoever's playing. We're going to close this morning, and I wanna, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity in a minute. We're going to take communion. And, you know, going back to the whole dance, you know, we were talking about the Nutcracker and how it's so important that those actors and choreographers are together. See, you have to realize the enemy of your soul is wanting to cut in on that dance. He's wanting to disturb and disrupt community and fellowship. And he'll do it however. Sometimes it's even like not even bad things. But 
I think it would be good for us to just take a moment and to just check our heart and our life. Is there something out of place in your life where community and fellowship just hasn't been a priority? It hasn't been something that you've prioritized? Maybe, maybe in another way that you've allowed the enemy to cut into that rhythm of relationship with distractions and pressure and maybe even brokenness or, or hurt. Maybe there's relationships here even in the church where you don't come around as much because somebody hurt you or somebody did this. We don't want to allow the enemy any space in our relationships because he'll take a little bit and he'll run with it. And so I think in this moment, before we get ready for communion, let's just bow our heads and I want us to just take a look at our hearts and our lives. What does your cadence of community look like? And where do you need God's help? So just pause and close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you need that help. forgiveness. Help us to forgive whoever it is that has hurt us. God, may we lay that down. God, if it's fear, if it's anxiety, Father, whatever is holding us back, Lord, I, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus that there would just be such openness and newness, God, to what you're doing. God, I pray for each person here, God, that we would commit in this new year, in this new season, that we would expand our capacity to reach out, to connect, to bring others into our lives, and to share in that fellowship and that communion with each other, that we wouldn't be afraid to let each other see the messy sides of our lives. God, we thank you that you've intended for us to be in community and relationship, and so God, help us where we struggle today. So as we prepare to take communion today, I want this just to be a really intimate time between you and the Lord. So obviously you can take your communion and get it prepared. But you know, as we do this, this isn't just something we do to check off a list to say, oh, we did communion today. But this is our ability to have 
that connection with the Lord. And as we do this, scripture is really clear that you need to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior to participate in communion. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, now would be a really great time to just acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need Jesus. And you can invite him into your life. And for the rest of us, the Bible talks about taking time to reflect on our our heart and making sure there's no sin, making sure there's nothing in, in the place of dividing us from the Lord. And we want to give you that opportunity before we partake in communion. Let's take 30 seconds and let's just reflect on our heart. Is there any sin there that you need to ask the Lord to forgive you? And if there is, just do. He's a loving, gracious God. We've sung about it all day today. He loves us. He loves you. His grace is there. So just offer that to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. body was broken for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. By your stripes we are healed. Thank you, Father, that your broken body is for us. We don't take that for granted. So in this moment, just thank him for what he has done, the work of the cross that he's done for you and I so that we can be healed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the same way, Scripture says he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's participate. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Will you just stand with me all over this place and let's just thank the Lord for what his blood means for us, the covering of sins. Father, we thank you. and your mercy that you poured out over us but we didn't deserve it thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Father we ask that you heal our fellowship and our community God help us to connect in with one another 
God, help us to heal that with you. Jesus, we thank you that you came to restore our place with God, and we are forever grateful, Jesus, for all that you've done on the cross for us. You paid the price for us so that we wouldn't have to. And Lord, we stand here together as a church, as a family of God, as a community, as a fellowship, and we say thank you. God, help us to be your hands and feet with each other in a greater degree in this season. God, help us to expand our availability, to expand our home, expand our uh, lunches and coffee times. God, help us, Father, to grow more in that so that we can really reflect you to a world that so needs your hope and so needs your love. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for speaking to us so clearly today. foundation. We love you, Jesus. Now we thank you for your presence here. In your precious name.